Welcome to the Trek Convention Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, we'll be discussing our favorite Trek headlines, shining a spotlight on the latest Star Trek series, and discussing everything we know and love from the Star Trek universe. All, of course, from a fan's point of view. And in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast, we'll be discussing a very special lieutenant joining the Las Vegas Convention, our favorite baddies from the Star Trek universe, and we'll take a look far beyond the stars. All this and more in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast. Hey, hey, Jenna, how are you? Hi, Bill. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's a lovely day, and we're indoors talking into microphones. As it should be. <laughs> another day. Another day. Uh, it's spring. Any plans for spring? No plans for spring. Great. Well, I, I guess got... I should spring clean, but that hasn't happened yet. No. Save that for the fall when it's dark and depressing. That's when you should clean. It's bright and sunny outside. Anyway, we've got a lot of interesting updates this week, so let's get to it. Convention Corner. Convention Corner. Convention Corner. Convention Corner. So according to the Creation Entertainment site, they've added another guest for the 55-year mission in Las Vegas at the big convention, and it's Nichelle Nichols. Which Yay. Is, which is very exciting. She had retired at one point, um, and then for the 50th anniversary, she came back, and then she keeps coming back, so... It's great to see her. I'm glad that she's going to be there. Um, I'm hoping she's up to it because she's she's not a young lady. Um, and sometimes she gets Hopefully a little. Hopefully, she's gotten her vaccines. Yes. Well, she uh, her age group would have would have qualified uh, a while ago. So hopefully, she's done all that. So, be nice to see her. I wonder if uh, how much of the uh, Woman in Motion documentary she'll either have with her or talk about or be prepared to uh to talk about do you think they're going to be doing an interview with her or if she's just going to show up and uh sign autographs and take pictures uh i would think they'd have her on stage that almost seems like the least strenuous of the things that you mentioned because um of course none of the days and times or anything have been announced just because I'm sure they're still working on the number of people that will be there and how to manage the schedule. It's got to be like a big, big, big effort. From what I understand, having seen interviews with them and other things, the the two people that run this <clears throat> that run this convention, they start working on it the day after they finish one because it just takes that much time. Yeah, she's going to be there. Photos Thursday through Saturday. So she's going to be there for quite a few days. So... Good for her. I would hope they put her on stage. I mean, if she's up to it. Are you going to take another picture with her? I don't know. I hate I hate to be the guy that like, this could be the last time. Let's get another one. Um, but I think the one I have is, is probably good enough. Would you get a photo with her? I was going to ask you that. Um, maybe. Yeah. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> okay. I, wonder, I haven't actually decided if I'm going, so I have to I have to make that decision here pretty quick. Yeah, because if you don't go, the photo, you know, paying for the photo seems kind of silly. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to be mean, but yeah, it's kind of silly. 
The Okudas will be there as well. I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but uh, Denise and Michael Okuda, who worked as uh, art directors on a number of the series, will be there. And they're kind of always there. Uh, they've become the de facto experts when uh, the Smithsonian was looking at uh, repairing the Enterprise that they have from the original series, they called them in. And when they were uh, getting ready for the Christie's auction, they called them in. So it's always nice to see them. And they're an adorable couple. So I'm not sure about the photo. Okay. If you Let's put it this way. If you go, you should get a photo with her. She's so okay. iconic. I know this is like if and if and if. But um, yeah, you should do that. Just saying. I don't know how much she costs, but I'm sure it's worth it. All right, what's next? Track Rewind. Track Rewind. Track Rewind. Track Rewind. So Den of Geeks has an interesting article with the, the 10 baddies from the Star Trek universe. Um, unlike other franchises, they don't really have like a villain. They have you know Klingons and Romulans, which represent different points of view and have some darkness in them from our point of view. Uh, but they don't have like a single bad guy. Uh, but they do have lots of smaller little sort of interesting villain-ish type folks. And the first one on their list is Harry Mudd, which I think um, everybody kind of loves to not like Harry Mudd. You know Harry Mudd. Yeah, I know Harry Mudd. Although, um, because I didn't watch a whole lot of the original series, I mostly know him from... Um, is it Rain Wilson, his yeah. per, his portrayal in Discovery? Yeah. And as much as I like the original series, that, that character was a little more, I want to say cartoonish, but I mean, that would have been the, the style of the time that your, your sort of funny bad guy would be funny and silly. He was actually in The Trouble with Tribbles and in Mud's Women in the original series. And he was in, and I don't know the episode, but I'm sure someone would tell me, um, in the animated series. For, for an episode. I think it was Mud's Planet, but I don't remember the name. But yeah, I think Rain Wilson's was much more realistic and much more uh, faceted than the original um, the original one. And it played a, the original played a lot on the old 60s stereotype of having a, a wife that you can't stand and you know that whole that whole trope. But yeah, Rain Wilson is great. I, I do have a photo with Rain Wilson as well, by the way, in case you were wondering. Were you wondering? I was wondering. <laughs> sure. Everyone is. The next one on their list was Seska from Voyager. You remember her? I, I Honestly, I didn't like her. I didn't think she was a great bad bad guy. Um, I didn't like her either. She just seemed like a mean girl. Like she was always plus just... She, plus she hooked up with Chakotay, and that's just not cool. So <laughs> yeah, I don't like any girl who hooked up with Chakotay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does, uh, does Mark Alimo know? Uh, is that <laughs> about Chakotay? No, yeah. I keep them separated. Okay. Uh, yeah, she never seemed to really have an agenda other than just to be chaotic. So I, I, I as a character, I didn't think she was super well written, but I'm not a writer, so I, I shouldn't throw stones. Uh, but yeah, she's on their list. The next one they have is, uh, Charles Evans from Charlie X, the original series. You this said, guy, I don't know. Yeah. It's a it's an odd little episode. He's he's picked up by the Enterprise as the sole survivor of a catastrophe, and then at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, you know, fifty years later, uh, he's actually the the child of some omnipotent type being. And either I'm making this up or I'm remembering something, but it it, it almost sounds like he could have been Q, AQ, 
because um, all the Q were named Q, so it's hard to keep them straight. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was a bad. Uh, he was he's supposed to have been like a teenager type character, so he wasn't necessarily bad. But when you give him somebody the power of everything, you can do a lot of damage. But yeah, again, he was sort of oddly written as well. But you know, he was once you realized what he was, you had a lot more empathy for him. And I think even the Kirk character was like, you're not going to do anything to him, you know, punish him or what have you. And, you know, the parents were disembodied voices. Uh, the Borg Queen, on the other hand, which is uh, next on their list, she is just deliciously evil. She's very quintessentially like a, a villainess. But like all of the people on the list, she's a little ambivalent. She's not, she's not a total, she's evil, but she's, She's got her reasons for acting the way that she does. Yeah. I think they, I feel like the, the Star Trek universe takes the idea that every bad guy is the hero of their own story and writes that to that rather than just creating a two dimensional character. That's just quote unquote bad. Uh, even Lorca, who was a, a bad guy, as it turns out, uh, he was, he had his, his criteria and he had his set of rules just like she does of like what, what the world is supposed to be like, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it that way. In her case, uh, assimilation is big on the list, which isn't everyone else's cup of tea. And the actor that played her, Alice Krieg, uh, who, as you might have guessed, I have a photo with her. Uh, she did such an, uh, a wonderful job. She was she's just a, a great, she was wonderful, yeah. yeah. And she's a great actress. She was in uh, Chariots of Fire. I didn't even remember that, but uh, she brought that up because the last time I saw her on stage, it was the. Uh, the announcement of their like anniversary re-release of the film or something like that. But yeah, she was just, she was just great. Uh, yeah. And the next one on the list, Osira, obviously from um, the, the previous discovery season, um, she was okay. I didn't, I, what did you think of her? I thought she was okay. Yeah. She was kind of over the top for me, but yeah. then she was green. Yeah, she was the green was cool. Uh, maybe not quite as cool as being a boar queen and having like not you, quite as cool. Able to dis, disassemble yourself. Uh but um yeah, she was she wasn't like evil and the you know, the boar queen could go over the top and basically be, you know, Corolla Deville and, and all the other Disney characters rolled into one very, you know, exquisite package and Syra yeah, I don't know. I never quite got a sense of her, and then she was gone. So, uh, and the next one on their list was Khan. I don't necessarily think of Khan as a, a bad guy. He's kind of a bad guy, but again, he was out for revenge. Um, and he was in uh, an episode, obviously, uh, Space Seed from the original series. Uh, and clearly, in the original series, he was genetically engineered, and he was a tyrant, and uh, felt that you know only the superior should rule the world. Um, but I don't know. What do you think of Khan or Khan? I thought Khan. I I'm, I mean, like you said, like all of the all of these villains have shades of gray. And sure, he was he was out for revenge. But I thought the way that he would do anything to get revenge was pretty evil. Yeah, I thought he he was the closest of a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the criteria for a lot of these is means to an end and what are the means and how far will they go? Um, obviously the Borg queen has a very specific point of view and it's not a means to an end. It's, it's what she believes everyone should be is assimilated. Uh, but yeah, Khan, Khan 
crossed a number of lines, let's put it that way. And Q is last on the list. And I, I don't actually think Q is a villain. Um, I don't see Q as a villain either. I mean, he's omnipotent, which is probably concerning um, and, and very emotional and erratic, which can be a dangerous combination. But I don't think there's an inherent evil in him. I see him as a trickster god. Yeah, is he the Loki of uh, of the Star yes. Trek universe? Lo- yeah. Loki. 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 Okay. Can I call him Loki anyway? You can call him whatever you want. <laughs> Just don't get me involved. <laughs> don't get me in the middle. He's got his own series coming out, so we'll see how often people call him Loki or Loki. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the list of seven of them. Is there anybody else that you would uh, add to this list of 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 baddies? Um, no, most of the people I think of as baddies were on the list. What about you? I'm going to put Lorca. I think, um, Oh yeah. I think he, he should have been, should have been on the list and maybe, and of course it's hard to go down that road because you could put everyone from the mirror universe on the list eventually. Cause I was just thinking his security officer that supported him in, in the, the alternate universe was, was pretty, pretty evil too. But again, you know, you could put Jarju, uh, um, you could put Empress Jarju. Giorgio, Giorgio, Giorgio. How do you pronounce your name? What is it? Giorgio. Giorgio. Uh, you could put Empress Giorgio on that list. Of course, she changed. So, but yeah. So let's let's stick with Lorca. I think we can do that. Um, but uh, yeah, he should have he should have been on the list. Um, and there were some Ferengi that were rather rather nasty, but no one that to the scale of of Q or Khan. So what's next? Track history. Track history. Track history. So there's a bit of news recently about uh, the DS9 episode Far Beyond the Stars, which is a, both a fan and critic favorite and some considered to be like the, the, the best uh, episode of DS9. It's, it combines a lot of the social responsibility that DS9 and Star Trek are known for, as well as just being a very kind of powerful episode. And it fit well within the uh, the storyline of, of the series. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the... Um, the episode that features Benny, um, where Captain Sisko sort of has some sort of vision or is transported into the body of a, of an African American man living in the U.S. in the in the uh, I want to say like the forties. Um, is that the time period that you thought was? Now that I think about it, I'm not sure. I think it was the fifties. Okay, yeah, you're probably right because I think they refer to a car as like a fifty something Buick that. One of the characters was being accused of stealing. Um, yeah, so it's the it's the fifties, and of course, it's the the racial imbalance that uh, was per, much pronounced in that time. Um, and of course, then the question of like Captain Sisko's sanity—that suddenly he's in the fifties, and Benny is writing stories about uh, deep space nine with a African American captain, and uh, it was uh, interesting too to see the uh, the other writers he was working with at the the magazine. I can't remember the name of the magazine. I don't know. I do know they referenced Galaxy Magazine, which was very popular at the time. Um, Heinlein and, and some of the the giants of science fiction wrote for them, and they mentioned them by name. Um, for those of you that haven't seen the episode, please go out and see it. For those of you that have, you know that um, all the actors that played. In DS9 also played these alternate characters in, in Benny's universe. 
um, including Nana Visitor, who played a, a female writer, which uh, I thought was an interesting little homage to DC Fontana, who used her initials because, quote unquote, women don't write science fiction. Um, so I thought that was a nice little nod to her. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting episode and it was a very kind of a challenging episode. It kind of had two pieces. It had the, the racial stereotypes and commentary as well as just the, what the heck's going on? Why is Captain Sisko in 1950s America, uh, writing science fiction about what he already knows is his life. So that was, uh, kind of confusing and kind of interesting. Um, and it doesn't really give us any particular answers because it ends with him, you know, being back on DS9, he had some sort of uh, resurgence of, a, of an issue that he'd had with his cerebral cortex uh, earlier in the, uh, in, the, in, the uh, in the series, but they don't really explain it and he's back to normal. But they do raise the question, was it his dream or was this all Benny's dream? Yeah, and there was a moment at the end where it's like, you know, it could be it could be that it isn't Ben Cisco who's having the dream, that it's Benny having the dream. He sees them in the window when he looks into the into the window. So it ends on a on a mysterious note. Yeah, and, and of course there's never at least in this episode, you're never quite sure because they refer to the prophets. The actor that plays his father plays a a street preacher. Uh, who keeps saying, I speak for the prophets, follow the way of the prophets, Benny, follow the way of the prophets, um, which is what you know street preachers would have said. But we all know that the, the prophets are the prophets from the wormhole. So it's a, little, it's a little bit confusing. There was a subsequent episode about two episodes later called Shadows and Symbols, where um, Cisco is trying to find the orb of the prophets. Um, and as a distraction from that, to keep him from finding and opening the orb... Um, he is sort of revisited by this this vision. Only this time, Benny is an institution, um, and the doctor is trying to convince him that you know the, the the story he's written all over the wall, which is a continuation of the Ben Cisco story, which he's actually up to the point where Ben is about to open the orb and hasn't written that down yet. He wants him to paint over it. He's giving him a second chance to 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 get rid of this this fantasy of his. Um, so there's a thought that, you know, this is actually a vision from the Pa Wraiths trying to keep him from opening the orb, thereby putting the, the, the universe right and reopening the wormhole and putting the, uh, the prophets back in their place and ejecting the Pa Wraith from the, uh, from the wormhole. Now, you haven't seen that secondary episode, have you? I mean, I, no, not lately. Okay. Because yeah. like I said, when I watched Barbie on the Stars just recently, I realized that I'd seen it a long time ago. So it's possible okay. that I did see the other one, right. but I don't rem remember it. Yeah, I had to rewatch it because um, I wanted to bring it up um, and begin talking about some of the episodes that we, we really like or that the fans really like. Um, and uh, so I rewatched that one and I knew in the back of my head there was another episode that included Benny. For some reason, like you, I, I didn't remember it really well. Um, I certainly didn't remember the B story and the A story. The B story is about the Romulans uh, setting up a ship on one of the moons of Bajor, and there's an embargo, and there's a whole, there's another. It's actually a really well-written episode because they balance it too very well. And then there's the third component, that Esri is back. Or not Esri, but Dax is back as Esri Dax. Uh, so they kind of balance these three kind of components together really, really well. 
Uh, it's a really good episode, but for for some reason in my mind, I only remembered the uh, the the Benny component and thought it was maybe an episode of its own, and it wasn't. It was part of this other, you know, three topic episode. But it was very good. the The two of them work really well together. Um, and of course, ultimately, you know, every time they bring up the fact that you know DS Nine isn't real, and we're like, yes, it is. And of course, then for a second, you're like, yeah, I'm watching a TV show. It's not actually there isn't actually a DS Nine, but we will we'll fight to the death. To protect the illusion that there is one, uh, you and I saw the "What We Left Behind" documentary, and there's a there's a, a section of that that talks about this episode, and and Avery Brooks actually directed it because they felt like they had to put, um, first of all, an African American director in the role, and it was his character, and he was very close to it, so um, he was he was very 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 much attached to this to this this performance. Which is great. It's a, it, like I say, it's a, it's a very popular episode, and it's a critically acclaimed episode, um, and it's good. It's a good watch. It's well. It is a good watch. Yeah. There's another one. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it in another episode. Um, the Pale Moonlight, which I think is um, interesting because it basically it's the it's a Star Trek version of the Road to Hell is paved with good intentions, but. We'll talk about that in a, in another episode. But there's a lot of great DS9 and general Star Trek. There's a lot of episodes that are worth sort of a second viewing. Okay, what's next? Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast. Do you have anything to add, Jenna? Have you made when? When do you think you'll make your your decision around the convention? Um, Not- I still got to talk to family about what's going on that month, but. Okay. Hopefully very soon. I don't even know if there's tickets left. Yeah, I haven't checked the site for ticket. I, I bought my ticket, seems like, six years ago. Um, but uh, I just reprinted every time they put another date on it, a year date on it. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't even looked at tickets, but that would certainly be a, a, com- uh, a component of the question. And not in uh, the hotel. I, not that I imagine people are rushing to get into the Rio or any of the hotels in Vegas, but I think Vegas has... Uh, actually exceeded pre-pandemic um, numbers lately just because people have had such a pent-up need to to do something. And Vegas is a pretty easy place to do something or almost anything, actually. So um, so that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks all for joining us. And uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and uh, listen to the other episodes of this um, podcast to catch up if you haven't already. And if you have a convention coming up, be sure to ping us through Twitter. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Trek Convention Podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. The Trek Convention Podcast is brought to you in part by .comsagogo. .comsagogo is your one-stop shop for domains, domain hosting, branded email, and more. No matter where you are in the galaxy, make sure everyone can find you with your own unique domain. .comsagogo. Connecting you to the universe and helping you. Go boldly. Go to trekconvention.com sponsor for rates and deals.